What's going on, guys? I'm Steve. I am at FF by Committee, and this is the second episode of the Fantasy by Committee podcast. This week, I am joined by Michael, Hutch, and Jeff. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, I am really, really, really excited to dive into the show. We have um, busts, safe plays, sleepers, guys who ruined your entire season last year, some heartbreak, some ice cream flavors. We got everything we're going to throw at you. Guys, are you ready for Fantasy by Committee? Always. Heck yeah, let's go. So ready. All right. In the words of Hutch, it's time for Fantasy by Committee. So let's go. All right. So uh big thank you to my buddy Ben Michaels. He's at Ben Michaels on TikTok. He made our theme song. Um, I really appreciate the time he took to do that. Guys, let's dive into some fantasy football stuff, shall we? Uh right off the bat. I want to talk about some drafting stuff. Redraft season is upon us, and it is time to help the people win the leagues. So we're going to start with safe picks. Mike, give us your safest pick for this season. Let's do it. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a guy that has burned people in the past because people wanted to be more than he is. And I think now we've kind of reached a point where he's become a value. That's Christian Kirk, a guy that recently got overpaid drastically. He got paid a boatload of money to become for the Jaguars, which is what it takes to become a Jaguar. But he got paid to be their guy. He got paid $70 million to be just that. He's competing with Evan Ingram, a guy that has never become and hit his potential. He's going to be with Marvin Jones, who looked like total dust last year. And Zay Jones, who has been nothing but dust ever since entering the league outside of a little brief stint with the Raiders. So he has all the opportunity in the world with a Trevor Lawrence ascending quarterback, a guy that is still the great prospect he always was. And I just find myself snapping up Christian Kirk in every league I can in PPR. And as my wires here, four or five, he's going to be the one for the team. I, I just like the value very much. He does carry that value, right? Do you guys like agree? Like, I kind of like that, right? It's I Christian do. Kirk. Yeah, I like this pick a lot because the Jaguars, I mean, there's very little competition around Christian Kirk. And the Jaguars, while... They could be a better team this year. I think they're actually like a sleeper kind of team this year to be actually like competing in their division because their division is pretty weak right now. They're still not going to be a great team. Like they're still going to be behind in some games. Their defense is still not great. Even if Trevor Lawrence takes a big step forward, that defense is going to let them down. And it's going to end up with them being behind in a lot of games. And they're going to have to throw the ball. And Christian Kirk is just going to be the clear number one target. So I like that pick a lot. I think this, I think it's a very safe pick because a lot of volume is going to be there. Even if it's coming from, potentially bad quarterback play or good quarterback play. It doesn't matter. There's going to be a lot of volume here for Christian Kirk. And I think it's, I think it's safe. I think naming Christian Kirk a very safe pick is a great, great label on him. Jeff, and I, do you agree? Yeah, I can get there. Uh, I think that, I don't know. It, it's difficult for me because I think that we're kind of downplaying Marvin Jones's role a little bit. I think we're downplaying maybe Zay Jones's role a little bit. Uh, we both, I mean, Marvin Jones has a great career of production, and he was really kind of their primary receiver last year. 
Zay Jones coming in, he broke out towards the end of last year with the Raiders, and they brought him as well. Obviously, completely different dollar commitment there. They also have Evan Ingram, but that we've heard a little bit of differing camp stories out of there. I don't know. You know, Hutch, you're an Eagles fan, and, and you know, when you had Doug Peterson there as the Eagles coach, was there really a standout receiver during that time? I feel like it no, was there wasn't, of, but there wasn't yeah. many standout talents either, though. Yeah. Is Christian Kirk I mean, a standout talent? JJ Ortega, Whiteside, when you talk about. I mean, you know, you talk about those guys like there's no I mean, Alex Jeffrey had a couple of nice seasons for fantasy for the Eagles, but like outside of him, there was no really standalone talents for the Eagles wide receiver core. It was really their tight ends that really did good for fantasy. So yeah, and to Marvin Jones, the point of Marvin Jones, when you look at his game logs last year, he actually started to I mean, he did see a lot of targets in the season, but I, I don't really I don't know. I feel like towards the end it got more on and off with how used he was. And I feel like it's going to be more like that this season. And also, it's another year older. He's like 33 now, 10 yeah. years in the league. Like, I don't see him. They brought in all these receivers. I think they're they're done with him. I don't think they. I don't think I don't see him being a focal point of this offense. I think like, he has that role. I think he has that role where Marvin Jones will be the red zone guy. Like people bring it up, he had like 15, 17. It was something around there in red zone targets, and he only scored one touchdown. So if regression comes to Marvin Jones, it's on that end. And Christian Kirk, I, the one last point I want to bring up with the targets is vacated targets doesn't always translate. I'm not going to say he's just going to step in and be that guy. But he had 20 and 24% of the target share as a rookie and sophomore. And then Cliff Kingsbury came in second year. They traded for Hopkins. And that target share dipped. And Cliff Kingsbury offense spreads it around to the wide receiver four. So do. I think there was untapped potential that Christian Kirk was flashing, that he was really held back because of the circumstances around him. And now he has that chance. He has that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I like the fact that you went with a safe pick that's a deep player, though, because you kind of went different. A lot of people go with that first-round pick, right? Like that elite player that's going to absolutely de- deliver for you. And you're like, no, 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 no go late. Go late. Cooper Cup is so safe, Steve. I'll yeah, it's interesting. it's interesting that when you look at the later rounds of fantasy football, I'm usually personally – like I do like Christian Kirk. I think he's a very safe player. The problem is I don't get him in a ton of drafts because when I look at later rounds, I'm looking for upside. I'm looking for guys that can win me in my league. I mean, guys going around him like Kadarius Tony, for example, going near Christian Kirk, I would much rather draft him because his athleticism, his speed, and his opportunity to be the Giants' number one wide receiver this year, that just sets him up to have top 15 upside this season for fantasy. Well, Kirk, he is talented, but he's not anything – he doesn't have – anything special like Tony does with his yards after catch ability. So I don't see as high of an upside for Christian Kirk. So as a result, given that he's a safer pick rather than upside play, I don't get him too much in drafts. But if you do need, like if you like waited on your wide receiver three and you do need somebody back there, he's absolutely there for you. He can definitely fill in that role. But later in the drafts, I tend to look for more upside, which is why I haven't ended up with a ton of Kirk. But I do still like him in drafts. He's definitely a safe option. I do as well. Well, Hutch, you seem to be on a roll. So why don't you give us your safe pick and we'll see if the committee agrees with you. All right. I think Michael already wrote it that he loves my pick. So I'm, I already got one here. I'm going to go with DJ Moore, wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he's over the past like couple seasons, he's just put up 1106, like 1104, sorry, like 1150 yards, four touchdowns the past two or three seasons. And this is with horrific quarterback play. I mean, which is not getting any better, by the way. And oh, I think it's it's definitely not great, but it's better than where it was. 
even if Baker Mayfield, like if we see Baker Mayfield comes out and okay. he is like what he was last year, injured and horrible, he's still going to put up 11, 50 and four. Like he's st- like, that's what he does. Even with horrific quarterback play, there's still very little competition around him for targets. I mean, he is just going to be the dude for this receiving game. And there's also upside with DJ Moore because if Baker Mayfield were to perform at a level higher than what he's ever had, which honestly with Baker May- with the quarterbacks he's had in his past, I think that you could easily project Baker Mayfield to be easily the best quarterback he's ever played with. I could see like 1,200, six, seven touchdowns this season, and that's approaching top 12 territory. So I think DJ Moore going in like the fourth round or even fifth round I've seen in some drafts, I think that is an absolute just great safe pick as your wide receiver two with some wide receiver one upside. Sure. Jeff, do you agree with that? I do. I found in my experience that feels like somebody's always willing to go on DJ Moore a little bit earlier than I am. So I feel Yeah, like in analyst leagues he's usually going earlier. Yeah, analyst leagues they really love themselves. Yeah, he's sharp. Yeah, people are sharp. As well. If you say anything bad about DJ Moore on Twitter, you get droves <laughs> of people coming. At out what point him. at what point are we gonna put a little bit, a little bit of his lack of touchdown production on him? Well, that's that's kind of my point. That's a little bit of my concern. Um, he's, I think he's, you know, I mainly try to get gravitate towards dynasty. It's kind of my role at football guys. And that's where I, I look at things right now. And do we really think he's going to be a wide receiver one this season? I, I think that you can get pretty deep going into the wide receiver ones. And I, he kind of strikes me as a mid wide receiver two. So he's safe there because that's his ADP. That's kind of what you're expecting to get there. And you're right that there is some upside there, but at the same time, it's one of these that, especially in Dynasty, I think he's a little bit older than maybe people start to realize because having Baker Mayfield there, are we going to get Baker Mayfield next year? Are they going to get a real quarterback next year? Is Baker Mayfield going to win them enough games to take them out of that? It's one of these yeah. that, you know, I think he's just one of those guys that he's a mid-wide receiver too, and he goes in that range and that's fine. It's just, I think he, you're right, he is a safe pick. I think that's a fair play with it. I will say, I think. People, this is not a popular opinion, but it is my opinion, and it's my show, so I'm going to give it. Um, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is the best quarterback that DJ Moore, including Baker Mayfield, will have ever played with. Oh, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, that's hurt me, too. behind that one. I still, I still supported 2,000-yard receivers in yeah. Carolina. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I, no, I can't believe, I can't go with that. Teddy I'm sorry, loves, Baker Mayfield. I don't believe that Baker. I don't believe that Baker is uh, like a great NFL quarterback. I think he's still a starting caliber quarterback, and Teddy Bridgewater is not. I don't know. I like Teddy. I think the Panthers' biggest mistake was not signing Jameis and instead signing Teddy Bridgewater. I think the Saints should have kept Teddy, and Carolina yeah. should sign Jameis. If you want to be a vertical offense, why not go get Jameis Winston and let him just sling that ball all over the field? That would have been good, yeah. But anyway that didn't happen so you know if any nfl teams need a new general manager hello i'm uh, available um jeff give us a safe pick i went cop out i i took justin deverson i i took the route of <laughs> taking the early guy you know i think that yeah. he he was 167 targets last year just too short of being second in the league in targets and he's stepping into that Cooper Cup role. I think we have some questions about is Adam Thielen going to continue to be productive? Is KJ Osborne really that third, second threat within that offense? I think this offense is really going to flow through Justin Jefferson. That defense was bad. They were bottom 10 in points per game. So I think that that's one of those, he's just primed to take off. And he's a very safe pick and you're going to have to use an early pick on him. 
um, because that's where he's landing. But right. I think that you feel pretty comfortable that he's due to really deliver that wide receiver one season. Sure. Now, I have gone on the record, and you can scrub my Twitter account if you want. I have said Justin Jefferson should be the 101 in any league that rewards PPR. Wow. Is that too high? I've got him at three. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at two. three with him. After Christian McCaffrey and JT, I'm taking him. I mean, I can see a world. I genuinely see a world where Justin Jefferson hits 2,000 yards this season. And I think after this year, he could be the consensus wide receiver one in the NFL, no doubt I agree. about it. Over Devontae Adams, over Cooper Cup, over everybody else. I absolutely see after this season, he could be that guy. He's only gotten better in his first two seasons. I absolutely love Jefferson for this season. I almost like... In my wide receiver rankings, you know, I do like I do tier rankings for like tiered positional sure. rankings. I want to put Justin Jefferson in his own tier at number one. Yeah, I want I, to so badly. And I I'll want tell to you, in my projections, in my projections, it's like a stupid projection. I have him at like eighteen hundred yards, just projected, like just like that's wow. that's where I have him at. Um, that's, it's not, that's not crazy at all. Yeah, I think he's gonna absolutely hit that this year. I I asked this. I, I put this out there, and I'm curious if you guys agree or think this is crazy. I said Justin Jefferson this year feels like someone who's either going to break Randy Moss's touchdown record or Calvin Johnson's yardage record. Is that absurd? No. Now, Justin Jefferson's been due for a lot of positive touchdown regression, and it's mainly over his career so far. It's mainly due to Adam Thielen, his you know hogging of touchdowns in the past two seasons. I really believe Adam Thielen, we're going to see a dip for him this season, especially coming off this serious ankle injury. I think we're going to see a dip this season. I know there have been a couple reports saying he looks good. Every team says that about all their players that they look good. Yeah, I, I can't really imagine too many teams are him. just sending reports out there like, "Yeah, he sucks." Like, I don't know what. Yeah, to tell no one's like. <laughs> no one's doing that. That doesn't happen. Like Adam Adam Thielen, I personally think he is done this year. I think this is the year we see him really fall off and lose some touchdowns. I think that Jefferson could absolutely break Randy Moss's touchdown record, uh, and I think that Calvin Johnson's receiving yard record. Well, doesn't that belong to Cup now? No, it doesn't. I made the no. same mistake, and people like crucified me for it. So I will save you from that mistake. He didn't no, he beat it, not. did he? No, no he, he was, was like only thirty yards, yards short. behind him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang, yeah. So yeah, he could absolutely beat that record this year. Mike, Jeff, do you guys think a record could be broken by Justin Jefferson this year? I absolutely think so. Four touchdowns. Yards before like, touchdowns. Right, man. I, I I go yards as well, just because he. Yeah, I would bet on yards as well. To, to quote a famous line, he is that guy. And like, yeah. if Adam Thielen isn't done, Justin Jefferson can still do that because Justin Jefferson is the yards yeah. of that offense, is the PPR of that offense, is the receptions of that offense. Yeah, if we see right. a more pass heavier offense this year, like he, yes. he put up like 1,400, 1,600 plus yards his first two seasons. And this has been one of the run heavier teams in football. If this team with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback takes a step in passing attempts and becomes like a top 12 team in pass attempts, Oh my goodness! Like that's that's dang, that's dangerous. Right. If he's getting Cooper Cup's offensive coordinator is playing the Cup role, you just line the two guys up. I would every day of the week take Justin Jefferson, the athlete, over Cooper Cup. I mean, come on! Wow. I think I would. I, I mean, I I think Justin Jefferson right now behind Devonte Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. Yep, I I completely agree with that. And I I've taken Justin Jefferson one one in Dynasty. In redraft, I'm still oh Dynasty, yes. oh Dynasty, Dynasty, absolutely. Dynasty, I'm absolutely. still right there. I I still have him in a similar tier to the Jamar Chase of the world. He's Jamar Chase is like he's yeah, awesome. Chase well, is. let's ask but, our let's ask our Dynasty expert Jeff. Where do you have Justin Jefferson in Dynasty? I'm at three. Um, I have Taylor in in one quarterback. I have Taylor and Kyle Pitts above him. I just think the Ooh. positional. Uh, edge that you get from Kyle Pitts. Uh, I don't 
I, yeah, I'm love Kyle, and Pitts. I'm Kyle Pitts. And so that's where I'm, I am there. I don't hate having Justin Jefferson there. And PBR, I could slide Jonathan Taylor down, I think. But I think what you're going to get over the next couple of years for Jonathan Taylor, um, I think he's going to be that elite running back. So that's kind of where I am there. But I don't hate it at all. You know, and I think that really there's, there's four guys at the top of dynasty ranks that you could really go any direction between Taylor Pitts, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Having any of those guys is your number one. And I think I'm Absolutely. perfectly fine with that. I yeah. agree. All right. So those are our safe picks. Jeff, thank you for getting us into that discussion of Justin Jefferson. Glad you, glad you went there. Um, but let's, let's get into the sleepers, shall we? So Jeff, you told us about Justin Jefferson. Tell us about your sleeper. So my sleeper is Kendrick Bourne, Patriots wide receiver. Uh, last year on a per-target basis, he was one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL. He just didn't see that high volume. Now there have been talks out of camp that they've been using him in different roles, trying to get him the ball a little bit more. They brought in Devonta Parker, but I think that that plays a completely different role than what Kendrick Bourne's going to play. And really when you look at this offense, I'm a little bit concerned what this offense is going to be just from the stories that we've heard in regards to play calling, everything else around that. But I think Bourne is a guy that has a great opportunity in a very ambiguous receiver room to take a real step forward and kind of emerge as that star of that receiver room. And he goes so, so late. And that's the thing of it. It's just so late that there's no risk really on that pick. You can grab that. If it's an early season reveal that you see him in a bigger role, fantastic. Let's go with it. If not, then you just kind of move on. I love it. Yeah, I love that I- pick. I like this a lot. I am a big fan of Jacoby Myers this season. So, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, on and off, you know, on and off with Kendrick Bourne a little bit. But I feel like this Patriots team could support two wide receivers this year. I mean, I think that Mac Jones is going to take a nice step forward this season. And if he does, I mean, there have been tons of reports out of camp saying they can't run the ball right now. Like, in, they, like they're having a hard time running the ball. Their run game is really not working right now. If they really want to take Mac Jones to the next level, take that next step in passing attempts. I could absolutely see that happening this season and they could totally support two wide receivers in this offense. And if Devontae Parker, you know, Devontae Parker, last time I checked, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the quarterback for the New England Patriots. So I don't think that really matters. And then, he, you know, I don't want to label him injury prone, but he hasn't been able to stay on the field for a lot of his career. So I feel like at some point he's going to be out and he's going to be off the field. And I feel like that's going to leave Jacoby, Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne there. And, Jaco- and Kendrick Bourne is going so, so late, so he's absolutely worth a dart throw. I like that picture. I'll be the contrarian, and not because of draft costs. Because, again, I think with a lot of these guys as well, we can kind of throw that out of take them, you see what you have in week one. If not, we have a 1,000 waivers that we're so excited to pick up. So all good on that front. But my worry, everything I've read out of camp is that the Patriots offense, not just the running game, but that offense can figure itself out. And that includes Kendrick Bourne, who – in this, uh, the recent joint practice with the Panthers, as probably short as it was before they got all thrown out, Kendrick Bourne was working with that second team. He was behind Tyquan Thornton. He's behind Parker. He's behind Aguilar. I'm not reading into that too much because that, you know, to I some extent, Bourne proved it. Yeah, I, well, that's Everyone okay, forgot about Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> I forgot about him. Remember Nelson it's, Aguilar? It's okay to forget about Nelson Aguilar to an extent. But I just, I don't know. I'm off on this entire Patriots offense. If I'm taking anyone, it's probably Ramondre Stevenson attacking that run game. But I think we oh. give the Patriots too much credit just because they're the Patriots. Of this crew, this is a terrible wide receiver group. This is really is. not. I, I of like course it is, because Bill Belichick's yeah. a bad GM. Like, that's like, the that's, reality of it. We, we... 
that's that is the reality of it. And I don't know why like I, I don't see the route for a step up for Mac Jones because I think this is still gonna be a similar offense. Yeah, this I don't is now also how they didn't get a wide receiver this offseason. There were so I, many great names. Well, they drafted, because he's they bad at his star. job. Like Bill Belichick built a career on the back of Tom Brady, and I will stand and shout that to the moon as long as I, I can. I'll, I think I'll, he's a great I'll, coach, just bad GM. He's a sub five hundred yeah. coach before Tom Brady. He's a sub five hundred coach after Tom Brady. The man's bad. The Patriot like way was TB twelve. I just, I just don't see how the offense really comes together. It's, it's There's a, also no offense coordinator. Yeah. That's what that's doing? what I was trying to break off. I, I yeah. won't lie, my brain skips the beat there. It is now Matt Patricia who seems to be calling the plays, or it's Joe Judge. It seems like it's Matt Patricia. Your former defense coordinator is calling your plays. Either way, you're in. <laughs> terrible waters i just it's just nothing seems to excite me for this offense like i i like hutch said before if i'm targeting a guy i want to try to go for that top 24 upside top 20 top 15 maybe top 24 for born but it's i really don't see see it personally you're born i see him being more like if the patriots don't really take a step in past attempts born is going to be a guy that has like five great weeks and then like mm. 11 awful weeks and you're going to have no idea when they are and it's DFS. he could be a great DFS guy DFS kendrick born will be more interesting and it may be in a best ball league as well he's more interesting but yeah and redraft it's so tough because you just don't know when you're gonna be able to play him cool well hutch you are on fire still so why don't you take the next sleeper so yeah my next sleeper here is somebody that i think could see a ton of receptions out of the backfield. I'm talking about Colts or running back Naheem Hines. I know everyone wants to talk about Jonathan Taylor 101 or the 102, whatever you want to call him, right? But I think Naheem Hines has some great potential here. I mean, two years yes. ago, this guy was a top 24 yes. running back. Two years ago, this guy was a top 24 running back with Phillip Rivers on the right. field, and we know what Phillip Rivers did with his running backs, and that's dump off. And Matt Ryan now entering 30, 37 years old, and we saw it last year with Cordell Patterson. He was targeting the running back position. He liked dump off. He liked short passes. If he's these pressure, he's not running and he's not taking hits at his age. Like, that's just not going to happen. That is a no for Matt Ryan. So if he sees pressure, he's going to throw to the running back. And obviously, Jonathan Taylor is going to get his receptions. He had almost 40 last year, I believe, uh, if I'm correct there. I think he had 40 receptions yeah, last year. Yeah, I think he had about 40, yeah. But I think Naheem Hines could absolutely see 50, 60, maybe even 70 balls this year from Matt Ryan. And I, because he's working, because even last year, while Jonathan Taylor was great for fantasy, he, he might have worked on a lot of third downs. He got some catches. He got some rush attempts. And if Jonathan Taylor, look, Jonathan Taylor's very rarely ever missed a practice. I don't think he's ever missed a game in his college or NFL career so far. So saying that he would get hurt is not great. But if he were to go down, I mean, he gets a pretty big opportunity here. He's obviously not going to be like an 80% plus snaps guy because he's just not built for that. But he's going to get the lead role. And that's huge. So Naheem Hines for fantasy, I think he is standalone value, even with Jonathan Taylor's on the field because of his receptions. And if he gets in the end zone on an explosive play, you're absolutely going to love playing him. So I think the upside is a bit capped, obviously, because of Taylor. But I think you can get a top 30, top 24 running back here with some big spike weeks that'll win you weeks in your like second or third flex if you really need that. So yeah, I like Naheem Hines as a good sleeper. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we didn't see it last year, and I was really on him going into last year. But then we know yeah. Carson Wentz doesn't have that history of throwing the running backs the way that no, Matt Ryan does or the way that Phillip Rivers does. I I don't think Matt Ryan is quite on the level of Phillip Rivers when it comes down to dumping out down his running backs. Yeah, no, he's he, not. Yeah, we see a little bit more breakout from Michael Pittman this year. And plus, if the camp reports about Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce are to be believed at all and be true at all, 
that might leave questions on what the role really ends up being. But I think that they're going to be a little bit more creative with their play calling because he's talented enough that they can use him on the field at the same time with Jonathan Taylor. And I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that again. I feel like I'm a little bit just, I was really, really into him last year just because of where he was going in ADP and the season that he was coming off of. So I feel like I'm personally a little bit burnt, but I need to get past that and just look at the situation just like Hutch has done. Fantasy, yeah, fantasy football, you have to go back to your ex, right? Like at some, like you, you can't hold back grudge, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, it was interesting though, because I, I mean, I was not in as much last year because with Carson Wentz in, I was very concerned because Carson Wentz, since that last year, watched him in Philly. I don't know, it's just because of a bias because I watched him in that last year, but I'm just done. He is such a locker room cancer. He is such a problem for an NFL team. He puts up solid stats, whatever. I mean, he threw like 3,500 yards. Last year, he was okay statistically, but he's such a locker room cancer. He is such a problem for an NFL team, and I was just out on that offense last year. I was just not in on any pieces on that offense, and that included Naheem Hines. And fortunately, I was right, and I also brought up when I was thinking about it last year, Carson Wentz doesn't throw to the running backs. Like We watch him with the other running backs in Philly. He's, that's not a huge thing of his game, so why is Naheem Hines going to be so great if Carson Wentz doesn't really do that? But I am back in this year because I believe Matt Ryan will be will be the Philip Rivers from two years ago. Sure. Mike, they've talked about lessening his role as well, uh, about uh, yeah, his being Jonathan Taylor. And it makes sense. You know, ABC every year, these guys break down. Maybe they do want to get ahead of it. I, I like this a lot because I am, I am one of the uh, Paris Campbell truthers on Twitter. Yeah. So thank you for bringing him up, Jeff, because it brought a sh- just a jolt of s- just everything to my heart. But I'm surprised it's not your sleeper then. It's. Uh, I thought about it. The, my problem is I spent half of my platform talking about KJ Osborne and Paris Campbell, so I felt yeah, like yeah. I wanted to differ it up. But uh, I, I, I like I like Naeem Hines a lot, so I, I want a piece of that Colts team. And also Darius Leonard's hurt as an IDP guy. Like I'm, I'm obviously Darius Leonard. You don't have to be an IDP guy for that, but that is a big hit to their defense. If the Colts are losing games a little bit more, you're going to see Hines more than you're going to see JT. Just a small piece of info because I expect Darius yeah. Leonard to miss a few weeks. All right. Well, let's move on. Mike, you've got pretty cool sleeper. I I'm love really this excited. Game. I'm Absolutely really excited about this. So let's dive into it now. I like this one. I, I feel I, I like this guy. I feel like all of a sudden I'm out, not even the most excited about him, despite it being my sleeper. But Nico Collins. All right. Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. People already forget that he was a day two pick, not even two years ago. And John Mechie's gone. Unfortunately, hope best hope him the best in his recovery, but John Mechie will not be Absolutely. playing football this year. So Nico Collins will be walking into that wide receiver two role for the Texans. Does that matter? That's a fair question. That's why he's going dead last in drafts, is why he's free. But Nico Collins had a really good rapport with Davis Mills last year. When Davis Mills took over in week 14, Collins never saw less than four targets. He had two of games with eight plus. He's going to see 80-plus snaps in this offense, in my opinion, 80-plus snap percentage. I think that's really in the realm of outcomes if he's in those two wide receiver sets. It's a poor yeah. room. It's positive game scripts. He's a big guy who has red zone ability for a team that has already said they're not going to use Brian Jordan. They're going to use Farrell Brown, the blocking tight end. So take another red zone guy out of the equation. Of course, the Texans could be terrible, and Nico Collins could be worthless. But he's the exact type of upside and youth and just the guy that takes shots on lay and draft, like Hutch said before, of you know early on, and he's going to show you week one, or he's going to poof, you drop him, pick up your waiver. So 
I think Neil yeah. Collins is a great mix of upside and just overall ability late in drafts. He's a deep threat as well, in a way. Absolutely. And I think there's a world where the season goes on, Texans are going to be bad, right? The Texans are going to be terrible regardless, but Nico Collins could still be good. And a contender goes and trades for Brandon Cooks. And all of a sudden, Nico Collins is that wide receiver one because they got offered a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks to win a Super Bowl, and you go for it. With teams doing that now more and more, I think that's what you need to look at um, in terms of like fantasy value is what guys could get shipped off from bad teams. And it's Brandon possible. Cooks, it's certainly I, I, I mean. Yeah, I, I like Cooks a lot. And my, my worry with, with something like that is much of it, I would love to dream it up, especially as a Cooks fan myself. Uh, I just – he got extended this offseason, so I don't know if they're going to move on from him. I yeah, don't they, they, they signed to a deal. It'd be tough yeah. to see them trading him. He's a big culture yeah. guy for that team. Um, he's he's yeah. a good player. But at the end of the day, guys, remember, like, it's – yes, he got an extension, but it's a pretty team-friendly deal. It's not like they're taking on ridiculous salary. No, and not. as good as he is, is he as good as a second-round pick in the future for a team that's totally rebuilding and he's coming up on 30? Probably not. I think it's a culture play for them, though. And I think that it's one of those things that if they want to develop Davis Mills – they want to give him that weapon that he can rely on. And I, I don't, I think it's a good pick um, to have Nico Collins here because, you know, we expect him to be trailing. I think that this is going to look, I dug back, Pep Hamilton, the offense coordinator for the Texans, he, when he was with the Colts, if you remember back when they had uh, Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen, they were running those two tight end sets all the time. And I think that we're going to see the same thing I with Brevin Jordan and with Farrell Brown kind of running out of that. And I think that you're going to see everything kind of funnel through. Brandon Cooks, just like it did for TJ T.Y. Hilton during that time. And then that was kind of the tail end of Reggie Wayne's career. And he was kind of 800 yard guy. And I think that Collins is going to kind of step into that role, be that 800 ish yard guy. And you think he's going to be fine. I don't know if there's, I, I don't know if I can get around a big breakout. I think that you would really need, you'd really need Davis Mills breakout as well, or you'd need an injury to Brandon Cooks. Yeah, you, you need, need get, Davis Mills. You, know, yeah. you really need Davis Mills. Forget Nico Collins. Um, but I do, he's going to be out there. He's going to be out there all the time and they're going to be trailing. They're going to be throwing the ball. Yeah. yeah. You did see, cause look, I mean, when you're list late in the draft, you, you're looking for strict upside and you're, you're obviously going to need some things to go right for Nico Collins. I think he's definitely going to have to have uh, Davis Mills break out. He's going to have to step up in camp and become that number two option behind Brandon cooks. And if those two things happen, I think that absolutely Nico Collins could be there. And also what I love about Nico Collins, I think he is a threat for like seven, eight touchdowns a season. Like he is such a big, as Michael was talking about earlier, he's such huge. a big red zone threat. He's, a, <laughs> he's just he's a big a, man. He's a monster of a man. I mean, huge. he is just ginormous. I mean, he is a huge red zone threat when they're getting inside the 20-yard line, inside the 10. They're a huge, huge, he's a huge, huge threat. And it's just, I, I could see him score seven, eight touchdowns a season. If you're getting a guy that late who could have that touchdown upside, that's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I definitely love Nico Collins. I almost wrote him down. I did almost write him down as my sleeper. I like you it. You get more, I get Nico Collins. I don't like that trade, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Let's save some people some heartache here. Who are we avoiding this year? Jeff, you've got a, you've got a name there. You All of you do. All of you, you have do. names there. Like, this yeah, is hot. Yeah, we do. 
We do. Yeah, so I've got Jerry Judy on my avoid list, and um, he might have gotten to camp now, but early he was missing major portions of camp and major portions of the offseason program. He had the illegal situation that went down, and everything out of camp is that there's some real chemistry between Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson. And I think what you're going to see from this offense is, yes, I, I know that, you know, Russell Wilson supported DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both as top receivers. And we kind of have that expectation, especially after the injury to Tim Patrick. But I think people are downplaying KJ Hamler a little bit there. I think he's going to have some involvement. I think you're going to get some tight end involvement with Albert Aquabama. And Albert O, I probably botched that last name terribly. I just say Albert O. I don't even try. I just say Albert O. Yeah. Albert O. His name is Albert O, and there's no last name. Yeah. No, but I, he, and then okay. uh, Greg Dolchers, I think, is a good player too. And, and using him, oh, I yeah. think they're going to use 12 personnel. I think they're going to vary their sets. But I think really this team is going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball with Javante Williams. They're going to try to run the ball with Melvin Gordon a bit. And then I think that they're really going to feed Cortland Sutton. And so that leaves Judy for me as maybe the odd man out. And when you look at where he's going in drafts, you're really relying on him to be one of those top two receivers for you within your team builds. And so. I'm just off on him at that range. And Hutch, I apologize. And I, I completely forgot that we made a trade a couple, like a month ago in one of our leagues. And I traded you, Jerry Judy. And I, I'm sorry. And I didn't mean to, to bring this up at this point. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. My I mean, here. yeah, I'm not. The thing is, like, I, uh, I do like, I do think Judy has upside, but I'm also not crazy into him either. It's just when what'd you I give up if you don't mind me asking? What'd you give up for Jerry Judy? Now we need oh, to know. Just, just um, we did uh, so I got Devontae Adams I and don't remember, Herbert. Yeah. Hutch got Leonard Fournette and Jerry Judy. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah, Hutch. I did. What are we I doing? I took Leonard and Jerry Judy. I did. I took really? Fournette and Judy. I, I do. Wait a minute. Fournette. How, 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 did you, you, how did you do that trade with your bust? What do you mean? <laughs> What's up? How'd you? Look at who you wrote as a bust. <laughs> yeah, I got for net and yeah, I get I yeah, I How'd like you do that it. trade? How'd you All right. He forced Herbert out of me. He forced Herbert out of me. I wanted to How'd keep him, but he forced what? Herbert out of me. <laughs> I wanted to keep Herbert so badly, but he didn't let me. He didn't let me. It was so it was not nice. Jeff was really not nice. He oh my god. Herbert. He didn't let me keep I, I, I wanted that. I that I listed him as my bus because I completely forgot about that until this like thing has in gone the moment. sideways for Hutch. So this is no better segue in the world. Hutch, who's your bust? My bust is David Montgomery. I mean, I gave like Khalil <laughs> Herbert in that trade. I wanted to I I I genuinely love Khalil Herbert and I wanted to keep him. I we're, wanted we're to watching so Hutch bad. get like unraveled in this trade. We just like we're witnessing just an absolute this is wrong. This is borderline child abuse. You can't do this to someone. <laughs> like... No, I'm good. No, I'm still com- I'm still comfortable with the trade. I mean, I I I like I like selling Devonta Ams right now in Dynasty. I'm not a huge uh, supporter of him this season. I do like Leonard Fournette a lot for this season. I think this Tampa Bay offense is still going to be awesome. Leonard Fournette's going to be awesome, and I do love Herbert. And I'm not the craziest Jerry Judy fan, but. Yeah, I just got forced. Herbert, Herbert was forced out of me. I do have Herbert in already too many dynasty leagues already. I have Herbert in like, I think I have Herbert in like four of my five dynasty leagues now. After I gave him away, I think I had him in all five of my dynasty leagues. But anyway, yeah, my boss is David Montgomery. I'm talking about David Montgomery here. I, I know he's been productive the past two seasons, but 
I mean, over the past two years, he's just been so, so inefficient. Hasn't topped 4.3 yards per carry, 4.3, 3.8 yards per carry in the past two seasons. Hasn't topped 8.1 yards per reception in the past two seasons. Been pretty inefficient. This is a horrific, this is, I mean, even if Justin Fields has a solid breakout, this is still not going to be a great offense. I mean, this offensive line is arguably the worst in the NFL. This receiving core, tight end and wide receivers included, not great. And if Justin Fields really doesn't take that step forward and still passes pretty bad, it's going to be a horrible offense, one of the worst offenses he's played in. And then additionally, when we look at his fantasy value and how much we've loved him over the past couple of seasons, it's been strictly due to volume because he's been inefficient. He hasn't been in a great offense. It's strict, and he's not a special talent either. I mean, Dave Montgomery's solid, but he's he not anything. He was supposed to be, though. He was supposed to he come out and be, to be the hardest he, back to tackle in the world, right? That was his whole yeah. shtick. Like he's not tackle. special. He's not a special back. And he's bad. He's bad. Let's call him what he is. He's bad. And that volume, though, it might not be there this year. That volume might not be there this year for him. Khalil Herbert absolutely showed out last season. Absolutely yeah. showed out in the times that uh, Dan Montgomery missed time. And this is a completely new coaching staff. And a couple of these coaches have a history of using committee backfields in their offenses. So if Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert were to split time in a bad offense with a bad offensive line, that is scary. Dave Montgomery is going in the late third in most drafts right now, sometimes in the early fourth. I've seen him slip there. But additionally, like when you look at Dave Montgomery last year, 50% of his games, he was not a top 24 running back in weekly finishes. Like he was letting you down. He was letting you down half the weeks. And this was in games where he was fully healthy. I did not include games where he missed time or like and you got can't, injured. You can't have that. You can't have that. Pick. Yeah, no because way. like Dave Montgomery is the perfect dead zone running back. He's like the guy, oh my gosh, who do I pick? Who do I pick? Running backs running out. No, Dave Montgomery. Like that's who you, that's, that's exactly what Dave Montgomery is. And he was disappointing last year with the volume he, even with all the volume he got. And the only reason we like him is the opportunity because it's in a bad offense, bad offensive line, as I've mentioned. But that opportunity might not even be there this year. So you're losing everything you want with Dave Montgomery this year. And that could happen it's, this year. And that would just, as a third round, fourth round pick, you might as well just like say, do not pick and skip it. Like it's just going to be bad. It's going to be so bad for Dave Montgomery this year. At his it will third cost round you a season. And just out. It will cost you a season. It will cost the ADP you a season. Is that issue. The ADP is that issue. Because when the you're ADP paying that price, ridiculous. like. Ridiculous. If he was going oh, in like the fifth yeah. round, whatever. I mean, that's, that's different. But he's going like the third round. I mean, I'd rather have Brees Hall than him who's going in the fourth. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd rather draft Cam Akers. Going right behind him is Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's going right behind him. You know, I think everyone in this call can snap like that. Michael Pittman all day. Yeah. Yeah. He's just going too high. And I've been trying to ship him off my dynasty roster with literally zero luck for months now. Uh, but I've been trying to put him on the trade block. No one's listening. And I'm not that bears offensive line is one of the worst, if not the worst in the league. And Dave Montgomery, I liked him coming out because he had that. He can make someone miss, but he does not have any breakaway speed or any athleticism to help with that ability. And that doesn't work with a bad offensive line. I don't think he's that great at doing that in the NFL. Like he, I mean, in fairness to him, half the time he's getting drilled in the backfield, but like, Like with he's slow, man. He is yes. slow. He's not. He was like, slow he, coming out. He's, just like, he's not. He's just. He's just so boring. He's not special. He's not a special player. Yeah. And people try to label him as one. He's not. Yeah, Jeff. Where Where are you at with David Montgomery? I think you guys did a very good job. You, you hit everything. So good job. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I don't have a lot I to say it. about I love it. Montgomery. 
I like Herbert a lot. I think that they're going to split the backfield. I'm not, yeah, I'm just not drafting Montgomery. I've, I've said that before. I tweeted that out. I just, I, I think I had a tweet like two months ago where I was like, I just can never envision myself in a situation where I say David Montgomery is a good pick here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Such that's like him. this is never it because you, you know, you know, you're setting yourself into mediocrity. That I don't know if I pronounced that word right. I'm bad at pronouncing words. No, you got it. You got you're it. Just, you're just setting yourself into that world, and it's just, it's just so the worst. Like you're just setting yourself into that world. I'd so much rather pick guys with the upside around him rather than no, like because you might want to say, oh, I know what I'm getting with him though. No, you don't, because if Khalil Herbert gets the ball, <laughs> you're screwed. Because then you're getting like I don't know, 13 to 15 carries, a couple receptions a game, in a horrific offense. With a horrific offensive line, he is not a special talent at all. Like, what is there like? You're dropping the RB17 to try to get him to finish at the RB17. I I have him outside my top 20 right now, so for whatever that's worth. Yeah, he's – yeah, it's it's funny. I have him ranked inside my top 24. I throw so much hate on him because, I mean, he's probably still going to get decent volume, score some touchdowns, be okay, but you're not going to like what you get. It's going to yeah. be inconsistent. It's going to be it's ugly. Place. You're not going to like it. It's ugly. It's like when you go to the bar. Hutch, you wouldn't know. But it's like when you go to the bar yeah, and you order know. a Bud Light. Like, it's not great. But it oh is my what gosh. It is. This is, this, I, I, I can see exactly. I, I understand this completely. <laughs> like, it, you wanted a Guinness. They didn't have Guinness. So you got a Bud Light. It's fine. <laughs> like, it just kind of does the job. Um. All right. <laughs> Last. Perfect. Last bust Perfect. for the year. <laughs> I love this. I love that. Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick on the on the running back train and stay in that dead zone. I love this. Elijah, I it. It's Elijah Mitchell for me, and yep. I I've made this vow where I don't take running backs that have hamstring injuries in the middle of August, and I'm I've been touting Miles Sanders all off season, and I'm tilting on him because of a hamstring injury. Elijah Mitchell is hurt right now. He is not playing. He's not expected to play for at least another week, it sounds like. Hamstrings nag. He had this type of injury. He had shoulder, rib injuries. He had a bunch of injuries last year. And hamstrings do reoccur into the season. The 49ers have plenty of experience with that. The line lost Lakin Tomlinson and Alex Mack to Pro Bowl talent offensive linemen. Both those guys are gone. Shannon's come out and said this is going to be a committee, which – it's been in the past, but he's tried to force somebody to be the guy and they just get hurt. I think he's just going to skip that step. He's going to realize, hey, I can't throw Mitchell in for 15 to 20 carries because he's going to get hurt. He's already nicked up. I just, there's, it's RB23. I did. Just, just a reminder for people out there at home. He had five different injuries last year. Yeah. Oh, he's my God. He's five different one on the report every week. And you're, you're paying for every single week. Every single week, it was something. You're paying and the RB23. You're taking him just over Just in terms of heart health, Dylan. in heart health, you can't deal with that many questionable designations. Like, that gets – that 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 raise your blood pressure for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I don't have that in me. You know, I'm a young buck, but, you know, I, I, I can't. I broke – I've been hurt too many times. Yeah, yeah. And also the thing with Mitchell, people want to talk about – obviously, when he was in the field, he performed, and he was really good. But here's the thing. You don't have the upside you think you have with Mitchell. I feel like last year he was very dependent on big runs and touchdowns, and he got that last year, which was great. I don't think he's going to get those as much this year. And the thing is, there's zero pass catching work upside here. There's zero yes. pass catching upside. Because 
to, I mean, the 49ers haven't historically thrown their running backs. Elijah Mitchell never really was used in that way in college, and he just doesn't have that talent. And additionally, now you have a quarterback in Trey Lance. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is like, um, is as mobile as a tree. If they were going to pass the running backs, last year was that year. They didn't really do it last year. And now you have Trey Lance here, okay? If Trey Lance sees pressure, he's going to freaking run. He is not going to throw to a running back and say, all right, let's get four yards. Like, he's not going to do that. He's going to try to run for 10 because that's what Trey Lance does. He's super athletic. He's an unbelievable runner. He's not going to be throwing to Elijah Mitchell. If he sees pressure, he's going to be running for his life. So I think that Elijah Mitchell has zero pass catching upside and running backs going in the middle rounds or late rounds. I want guys who can catch passes. That gives you a ton of upside and a nice floor. Elijah Mitchell doesn't have it. He's going to be Mitchell so has- touchdown dependent and so big run dependent. I don't want that. Mitchell had more games last year with zero catches than he did with three or more. I'll just add on Yikes. to that with that point because that's Boom. that's what he is. Yikes. Yeah, he's not a pass catcher. He's not a guy that catches passes. Yeah. All right, yeah. so those were safe picks, sleeper picks, bus picks. Um, now we get to the part where tears are shed because we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you guys. Typically, this would be a weekly question. However, since it is the off season, um, I'm going to ask you to go a little further. Who ruined your entire season last year? Mike, let's start with you. I'll choose a guy that hurt everyone's heart last season. Yeah, I wanted to run down by me if you guys would. Yeah, it's it was it was me because it was a guy that always succeeded despite anything was Allen Robinson who said Blake Bortles I don't care you know I could work with that who said Mitch Trubisky totally fine Nick Foles work it all through but rookie sensation Justin Fields nah can't do any of that so Allen Robinson you draft him early round two three four as your wide receiver one in some leagues he went RB heavy and he came out and dropped the worst season I have ever seen from a player of any talent whatsoever. It was Finishing so at like wide receiver 81 in like PPR. It was just totally unplayable each week. And within you, the worst part was, was that you had to have some real guts to cut him because he was still Allen Robinson in your heart. And he had multiple years of top 24, top 20. He was always that. And he just wasn't last season. And, Granted, I'm in on him this season. I'm ready to get hurt again. Like Steve I'm said, in, love yeah. your exes. I am all in. Yeah, you got to right? go back. But yeah. it is. it was tough last year watching watching what Al Robinson did. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I'm i looking at our time, and I kind of want to move us along a little bit, but I do want to dive a li- little bit more into these hurt. Mike, I am very sorry that Allen Robinson hurt you, and there's only so much we can say about Allen Robinson hurting you because everyone piled on the poor guy. We beat yeah. him up. Hutch and Jeff have two very strange. Yeah, I know. We, yeah, because Jeff, because I was, I saw I was smiling so much. Uh, Jeff wrote down his guy, and I was like, oh wait, shoot, I gotta go this way because he wrote down a guy that did so amazing last year, and I was like, I gotta do that too because there's one player that I put a lot of hate on last season. I put a lot of hate on. I thought Devonte Smith was a better prospect, and I said that on Twitter a lot. I mean, I've got the Devonte Smith jersey on right now. I said Smith was a better prospect. I said he was a better talent. I said he was better for fantasy this year. And I avoided this player at all costs. 
And I've been roasted on Twitter so much for this take. And it was Jamar Chase. I called him one of the busts of the draft. And I have never been hated more in my entire life at anything than when I said Jamar Chase is a bust of this draft. And after that, after the season he's had, it's been horrific. And Jamar Chase, especially in the finals, because I had a finals game where he killed me. And it absolutely sucks. Jamar Chase. Every week I just saw a highlight play of him. I was like, gosh, dang it. I mean, he just rubbed it in my face every week. And it sucked. It really did. And it was just so frustrating to watch him every single week just make highlight play after highlight play. And I was like, I said this guy was a bust. I said this guy was an awful fantasy pick. And he's going out and doing this. And I didn't have him on a single roster. I don't have him in a single dynasty team. And I am upset. I'm very upset about it. But Jamar Chase is a guy that hurt me last year by being so awesome. I almost I wrote down Ronald Jones because I liked Ronald Jones last year. I That's did. what I, I saw. I originally saw you put down. I Ronald wrote down Ronald Jones sense. while Michael was talking. I wrote down Ronald. I was had Ronald Jones, and then I wrote down Jamar Chase because Ronald Jones. I did like him over Leonard Fournette. I did believe that he was the better runner, and unfortunately, that didn't work out. So I, cause I, I mean, I did get some letter for Nat. I got some Ron Jones, but I did like Ron Jones a little bit more and unfortunately yeah. it didn't work. But I wrote down when I saw Joe Burrow, I was like, Oh my gosh, Jamar Chase. I've been hated so much for that take. I have to write down Jamar Chase. And in a similar vein, I went Joe Burrow yeah. and you know, I last off season, I said, you know, this guy's going as a quarterback one in many leagues. He doesn't have a rushing upside. He's coming off injury. That offensive line is iffy. Those, receivers are young and you know i was really off on joe burrow and i lost so many playoff games to joe burrow in the playoffs because all these super flex leagues that i dynasty leagues that i'm in joe burrow swung titles last year and i did not have him at all and so that was the guy that number one guy that ruined my season because if you remember back both the semifinals and the championship round he went off with t higgins one round and then he went off with jamar chase the next round and it just absolutely killed me and and it cost me so many leagues so joe burrow really ruined my season last year and and, you know he went to the super bowl too and i can see i'm a bills fan the bills didn't go to the super bowl but joe burrow went to the super bowl so yeah you know and i have a hard time rooting against him i'm wearing my Ohio Bobcats and he's from Athens, Ohio. And I've always, always loved him. And I, even in high school, like I watched him play the state championship game in high school. So going back, like he's been a guy that I followed his career closely and I really, really like him a lot, but he really ruined my season last year. Yeah. And last year with Jamar Chase, I was also a super huge T Higgins fan. I still am to this day. I was always a Higgins guy. Absolutely loved him out of Clemson. Like he was just my guy. And I was like, no, Jamar Chase, you're going to stink. T. Higgins is going to be awesome. And then it ruined it. <laughs> ruined it. Just, and I'm a Steelers fan, so it was just terrible. All of Yes. So, oh, my God. So, Jamar Chase ruined everyone's year. Jamar uh, Chase every- hurt everybody. <laughs> yes, he did. Everyone yeah. got hurt by Jamar Chase and Jamar Joe Burrow. Hurt. All right, guys. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to move on to a rapid-fire portion of this uh, program. So, we're gonna, I'm going to start with uh, your plug for your guy. Just I'm going to ask each of you. Give me your guy. Give me like 30 seconds about why they're your guy. And then we're going to dive into some uh, rapid fire Q&A. If you haven't looked at the sheet yet, don't look at the sheet yet because we want honest answers on these. Okay. All right. right. Hutch, who's your guy this year? My guy for this year. I mean, I got an Eagles poster behind me here. I've got the Devon Smith jersey on. I'm an Eagles fan. I got even got a Miles Sanders signed helmet over there. 
I mean, I'm in, uh, I'm a Jalen Hurts guy this year. Jalen Hurts is absolutely my guy this year. I've got him ranked as the top three quarterback in the first tier with Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. I mean, last year he was a top six quarterback in points per game when he was healthy on the field in those first 10 weeks. And he was basically dead last in every statistical passing category that has ever existed and will ever exist. He was so bad last year as a passer. It was awful watching him play. But then you look at your phone at the end of the game. Oh, 22 fantasy points. Great. Like Jalen Hurts was playing fantasy. And he was playing last year with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. I mean, Devontae Smith was a rookie last year. Dallas Goddard still had to deal with Zach Ertz in that first, in the first half and then had to slowly emerge. But now he's got A.J. Brown, absolute stud, who I believe is a personally a top five wide receiver in the NFL. I think outside of DK Metcalf, I think he's the freakiest athlete at wide receiver in the NFL. You got Devontae Smith stepping into his second season, making some plays at camp already, making a nice breakout this season. I think Quez Watkins stepping into his next season is also a solid, uh, sneaky, deep threat. I really do like Dallas Goddard finally emerging over Zach Ertz. This is the first year where he's like, he's the guy. And I'm very excited to watch this Eagles offense go because Jalen Hurts puts up average NFL passer stats and the rushing yards. This dude could break fantasy next season. Yeah. This sure. season, this dude, this dude could break fantasy football. He's going the sixth round in most drafts, all in. All right, Jeff, who's your guy this year? Dawson Knox going with the homer, just like Hutch and going to Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox checks every narrative box you could want to see. He's in a contract here. He's video game buddies with Josh Allen. He's not going to leave the field. He had a breakout last year. I think the volume's going to break out in touchdowns last year. I expect the volume to come this year. And Dawson Knox is my guy. I love him in the range that he's going in. I've got him ranked several spots higher than he usually goes for ADP. And so Dawson Knox, let's roll. I didn't know he was video game partners with Josh Allen. I think I need yeah. to adjust my rankings. They play late video games together. They're they're best friends. They go that matters. Like that matters. We can pretend it doesn't. The but together, it they do everything together. I'm telling yeah. you, he's a free agent after this year. So Josh Allen's going to get his guy paid. Going to get his guy For paid. Sure. Mike, who's your guy? Chase Edmonds, a uh, guy who has a coach in the San Fran system. He was paid on the first day of free agency to be their running back one. The team is not playing him in preseason, which is a sign that he is that guy. His competition is Raheem Moster, who's missed every game of his career, it feels like, and Sonny Michelle, who is terrible. And then this offense is getting better with Tyreek Hill. There's a lot of touchdown upside there, in my opinion, with Chase Edmonds. And he's also a pass catcher who was the RB17 through the first eight weeks of the season last year before he got hurt. So he's being drafted around the RB30. He's an easy RB3 who's going to beat out their ADP. Awesome. All right. Ready? One more rapid fire round of questions. This has nothing to do with football, guys. This is to get to know you as people. I just want the first answer off the top of your head. We're going to start. Each of you going to answer these questions. Okay. Ready? All right. Let's go. Mike, what's your favorite ice cream? Cookies and cream. Easy. Simple. Hutch. I'd probably have to go with mint chocolate chip, but I like the white colored one much, much better. Jeff. It matters. All, all ice cream. <laughs> all ice cream. Coconut, all ice cream. <laughs> all right. Jeff, we'll start with you here. What's your most used emoji? Probably the skull for laughing. So I think that's probably my most used. Or maybe the the melt the new one, the melting guy. I use that one a lot too. Okay. Hutch, what's your most used emoji? Uh just the laughing emoji, the crying laughing emoji. It's crying definitely laughing. that one. And Mike. Thumbs up for me. I get made fun of relentlessly for how often I use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hutch, what's your favorite movie? 
Oh, what? Favorite movie? Good lord. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, what? They pick a movie? Good lord. Um, Tommy Boy. That's the first movie that came to my head. Yeah, All I right. Even watch okay. right Love Tommy so, Boy. I mean, taking a lot out of the What? I said you can't even watch rated R yet. I mean, take a lot out of your episode. Not by himself. His dad can take him. Jeff, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dark Knight. Okay. Oh, Mike. that's such a good one. Dark Knight's an excellent answer. I'll stick on this. I'll, I'll go sports, not football, but Miracle with hockey. It's unbelievable movie. Miracle. Okay. Shout out to Remember the Titans. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mike, what's oh. what's your favorite band? Bands don't have an answer, honestly. I, I, I am bad with music. But if I go just artist, big Juice Pro fan. Rest in peace. Oh, All right. Hutch, yeah. favorite band? Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same with him. I'm not a band guy, but if I were to say artist, I love Band slash Hulk. artist. I, I want to go Eminem. Some shady. Mm, Eminem. Love it. Jeff, favorite band slash artist? Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back Sunday. All right. Yeah. Well, that is going to do it for us here this week. Guys, please make sure to like, share, and give everyone in the committee a follow on Twitter. Comment on the podcast. Let us know your thoughts. Be a part of the committee and get in on the action. Guys, thank you so, so, so much um, for being here to Triple Play, for letting us host the show here. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Guys, bell cow running backs are great, but fantasy is meant to be played in a committee. Okay? Here at Fantasy by Committee, we and I truly believe that it is never goodbye. It's just till next time, guys. Have a great night. Thank you all for being here. See you later.